what a year. If you're anything like me, you're ready to turn the page on 2020 and step into 2021. I mean, think about it. A global pandemic, economic recession, a hotly contested presidential election, race riots and tensions, virtual learning when you stop and think about it is nothing more than homeschool for all of us, a loss of normalcy, a passionate cancel culture, and personal battles that we all have. But what is the solution? That is the ultimate question. How do we as a people of God offer hope in the midst of an ever increasingly hopeless world? Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we offer a solution? How do we change the world? Hope is how. And that is where we are going in 2021. We are going to get back to what is most important for the people of New Hope Church. That is experiencing the ultimate hope that comes in Jesus Christ and making sure we are doing everything we can do to share that hope to those around us stateside and in Kenya and foreign lands. We offer hope when we serve children and we see them coming to faith in Christ. We offer hope when we see our students accepting Jesus Christ, getting baptized and discipled in the faith. We offer hope when we see our adults truly leading their families in the way of Christ, getting connected in rooted and life groups and becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus. We see hope when we share with local compassion in our community through giving food and coats and other things to those in need. We offer hope when we go on missions trips and we serve our brethren in foreign lands. We are a hope dispensing movement and this is how we change the world. Hope is how. Hey, hey, in other words, we are hope dealers. We are hope dealers as a church, and I don't know where your hope tank is these days, if you're on empty or halfway or full, but let me tell you, you don't wanna miss a single Sunday of Hope Is How. Kicks off a week from today, and then it goes right through Vision Day, the birthday of this church. Hey, come on, will you help me welcome all of the campuses at all of our locations? We love you guys, hope you're doing well. I always say I hope you're doing well. How are you guys doing? Y'all doing good? How, um, I don't know what New Year's does to you, uh, but it always kind of gets me in a reflective mode and thinking about life and thinking about, you know, what I can do better and all those kinds of things. Um, and many of us have New Year's resolutions. I was talking to somebody uh, just about a week or so ago, and uh, actually it was right after Christmas, so more than a week or so ago, and uh, she was telling me how her New Year's resolution was to be positive and encouraging with her boss. And I circled back up with her not long ago, and I said, how'd that go for you? She said, I made it till Wednesday. 
which means if New Year's fell on a Friday and she was off all weekend, she made it basically three days, right? The first week of 2021. Another story, um, I know a dude who forgot to get his wife a Christmas gift. Guys, did any of y'all do that? It's not, if you're getting married or you're single one day, you, you listen, that's not a good thing to do. And so he forgot to get his wife a Christmas gift and she moped around the house for days. And finally on New Year's Eve, she couldn't take it anymore and she said, dude, you forgot to get me a Christmas gift. And he was sheepish, of course. And she goes, here's the deal. By New Year's Day, which was the next day, she said, there better be something in my driveway. Listen to this. That will go zero to 200 in like two seconds flat. And so she got it the next day and she went out in the driveway and there was a little package and she opened it up and it was a weight scale. <laughs> Funeral arrangements are being planned for him right now. Not a good idea. But I don't know about you, but... Um, I have found myself this year particularly just reflecting and, and things I wanna focus on. And really when you think about it, that's a kind of New Year's resolution. And if you also take it one step further, if you're anything like me, the truth is you have a tendency to put certain responsibilities on yourself. We can be our worst critic, you know that, right? And so some of you are sitting here today and you've been thinking about New Year's resolutions as well, but the truth is it's hard because you have all these expectations that you put on yourself. On top of that, the truth is you have others who might put expectations on you. And the truth is it can all be rather exhausting. And so what I've been trying to think through today or the last couple of weeks is how do I strip it all away and simplify? That's been a life goal of mine in the last five years, by the way, simplify. How do I strip it all away and, and don't worry about the expectations that people put on me, some of them that you put on me, and not worry about the expectations that I put on myself? How can I strip all of that away, simplify it, and focus on just a few things or maybe even one thing? Everybody say one thing. And I was dealing with all of this and thinking about this and journaling about this and praying about this and I stumbled upon Philippians chapter three. And Philippians is one of my favorite New Testament books. I've read this passage, I don't know, probably hundreds of times. And when I read it recently, though, it landed so powerfully in my spirit that out of that came this message that I wanna share with you on the front of this year. Open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter three. If you got your Bibles, phones, tablets, whatever the case may be. Philippians chapter three. And we're gonna be starting at the end of verse 13 and going through the first part of verse 14. If you love the word of the Lord, let me hear you say, bring it. Amen. Love it, church, love it. Philippians 3, 13b. But one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And guys, I'm telling you, I read that and I just stopped in my tracks because it's so simple. It's so succinct. It's so crisp. Paul says, one thing I do. I fix my eyes 
on the prize and I go after Christ and I go after this prize, which is heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, hopefully you open up your Bible. Go back to verse 10 and look at what Paul says in verse 10. I want you to read this one with me. It's only a few words. Ready, go. I want to know Christ. Again, I want to know Christ. Now, Paul is saying, here's the one, he's in prison, he's had some hard times, he's looking ahead, and he says, here's what I wanna do, I want to know Christ. And the way he says we do that, one of the key, one of the key strategies in which we're able to put Christ in the crosshairs of our life at the beginning of a new year, watch this, is to forget what is behind. To do what, church? To forget what is behind. To not look back so much upon the past, but to look ahead at Christ. Now, Paul is using runner language. If you study the original language in the Greek, Paul is talking about an athlete who runs, who strains towards the goal. Any of you runners in here? Any runners, 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 runners? That We need to start running, church. <laughs> uh, some of you might do it other ways, right? Um, I know, I know. But, but he's talking about running. And if you're a runner, you know this, right? If you're a runner, especially if you're running fast, not like jogging, but if you're like running fast away from somebody, you don't look back. It's a big mistake to look back because it what? Slows you down. Like if you're watching football later today, and by the way, I need y'all to pray that at 1 p.m., the Tennessee Titans beat uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you might think, Pastor, I didn't know you were a Tennessee fan. I'm not, but I got a call from the Tennessee Titans uh, last week, and if they win today, then I get to speak to the team, Tennessee Titans, next week. So, but dude, they gotta beat Baltimore, and to beat Baltimore, you gotta beat Lamar, and that, that's hard. But anyway, I, I, I digress. But if you're watching football later today, when the running backs get a ball and say they hit the hole or receiver catches the ball and they're going downfield, they do not look behind them. They might look up on the jumbo tron. You see them doing that sometimes so they can see who's behind them. But you don't look back. And we have this tendency to look back. My son, Wesley, uh, he's a senior at the Citadel. And uh, if you follow me online, you know that he just ran his very first ultra marathon. Now, he came to me uh, before that, and he goes, hey, Dad, I'm gonna run an ultra marathon. Can I confess something to you? I didn't know what an ultra marathon was. I like to run, but I ain't doing it. So I said, what's that, Wesley? He goes, I'm gonna run 100 miles. Do you know what I said to him? Why would you do that? <laughs> Come on, Mark, like, why, why, who, who does that? And so he, he ran, here he is, a picture of him just a few weeks ago, right before uh, taking off. There he is, he, he's, he's a stud, he's beast mode. And uh, he, he, yes, I'm a proud dad. Uh, he, here's another one, that's him when he finished. Like, like, dude, if I ran 100 miles, I wouldn't even be standing up. I'd be in the hospital, man. And so there he is. You might be wondering what he's, what he's holding. He's holding like a buckle. It's the Charleston 100. Uh, and somewhere, I don't know how many, 40-something, maybe 48 folks, I can't quite remember, uh, started the race. Only 20-something finished. Wesley finished. I'm so stinking proud of him. But when he got finished, you know, I was talking to him, and I was like, man, you gotta take care of your body. You gotta recover well. And I said, man, how'd you do? And we started talking through it. And he goes, Dad, all I did, I, ju I just kept, I kept focused on looking ahead. 
He said, I, got, I just kept focusing on put the next step forward. Now, the problem is when Paul says, forgetting what is behind and looking ahead, the problem is we all have problems with that very concept. And if I can just go off on a little side note that's in my notes, but it's just, it's just really, really important. The side note is you're never gonna be able to forget what is behind you unless you forgive some of those who are behind you. Just a pastoral side note. What I realize, what I hear, what I experience when I talk to so many people is that what prevents them from really stepping into the God-sized future that is ahead of them is this inability to forgive those who hurt them. Now, here's what makes us all common, whether you're at a campus or, or you're home somewhere, whatever the case may be. Here's what makes us all common. We've all been hurt. Like, who hurts you? Oh, like, you, it, it, it would rock your world if right now God's the only one who could do this because he's the only one who knows, threw up on the screens all the ways in which we've been hurt. Now, what separates those who are able to move ahead and, and, and experience God's greatness in their lives and those who don't is this ability or inability to forgive those people. I don't know when it's coming out, but I can feel it brewing inside of me. It's a sermon series that I'm gonna bring out sometime, maybe in 2021. It's on the subject of forgiveness. And the problem with many of us is that we have this thing called resentment inside of us. And we've never been able to forgive that person who sexually abused you when you were little or verbally abused you when you were little or older or that spouse or that child, right? Or that close, close friend or that aunt or that uncle or that grandparent. And what we do is we step into new years after new years after new years and we have all of this pent up resentment inside of us. And here's a working definition of resentment. It's, it's, really, it's really mostly my definition, so don't go to Webster for this, but this is what I think resentment is. Resentment means to feel something all over again to keep reliving it in your mind's eye and even relationally. I, I know a man <clears throat> who is in his late 70s now and he's never been able to forgive people. And because he's an old man now and I've been able to watch him, I now see a shell of a man who has so many walls built up around his heart. He's, he's the man who, if you ever say anything that he doesn't approve of, or you ever do anything that he doesn't like, or even gesture in the wrong way, or don't do something the way he wanted you to do it, he is a man who has never been able to forgive you. And he is a man who will cut you off and you are sidelined in his life forever. Now it brings me great sadness to let you know that that man is my father. And he has now pretty much cut everyone in the family off, even his grandkids. What is going on in a situation like that? Resentment 
and the inability to forgive has become a cancer in his life and it is eating him up on the inside. And so I've made it my life goal, just so you know, maybe I've knee-jerk reacted way to the other side. I've made it my life, my life ambition and goal is I'm gonna forgive people. I'm just gonna forgive. Like folks who know me well, man, you do me wrong. Listen, I will forgive and I almost will most of the time forget. And it hasn't come naturally. It's been something that I've had to work out. But here's what I've concluded in my life. Why would I choose to, to not forgive people and die of the cancer that will come on the inside. Being unwilling to forgive is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It kills you on the inside. And I realize a sermon isn't going to move you that much. In fact, here's a great, great quote by Elizabeth O'Connor. This is a great quote for a pastor to hear. Despite a hundred sermons on forgiveness, we don't forgive easily. Forgiveness, we discover, is always harder than the sermons make it out to be. Who do you need to forgive? And oh my, do you feel the heaviness that settled into the room? This is, this is where healing starts, by the way. This is good. The tension and the, and the heaviness in the room. Three books have greatly impacted my life that I wanna share with you. Because again, Paul says, forgetting what is behind and looking towards what is ahead. You're not gonna be able to forget what is behind until you forgive those who've hurt you. So three books. You might wanna jot these down if this is something that's resonating with you. Or you'll find them online. A lot of folks in the first service asked about it and we put it online. Here's the first one by Lou Smeads. It's called The Art of Forgiveness. The Art of of forgiveness. I highly recommend that you pick that up. Some things will be easy to forgive, but some things are just tough. Listen, some things have been done to you that should not have been done to you. Number two, I've read this book three times and it's on my stand by my recliner now and I'm going back through it. It's called What's So Amazing About Grace. It's by Philip Yancey. It's a fantastic book. What's so amazing about grace? Because listen, you've been forgiven, have you not? Come on, let me hear you celebrate if you've been forgiven of sin. We, come on, praise God, right? Right, we've been forgiven. Well, you can't really be forgiven without at least setting out as an ambition to move towards forgiving those who have wounded you. And here's one that I'm reading right now. I've got the book and the devotional. It's called Healing is a choice. Healing is a choice. I highly recommend it. Philip Yancey said this in that book that I quoted the second one. He said this, not to forgive imprisons me in the past and it locks out all the potential for change. This is why it's so important. Whoever's hurt you, whoever has cut you deeply, whoever you find yourself having, this is, the, you know when I know that I need to work on forgiving somebody? When, <laughs> when I find myself having an imaginary conversation with them. 
Come, come on, you're in church, don't you lie. How many of you have imaginary conversations with people? Thank you for your honesty, you're awesome. You know you're jacked up when you start winning all those conversations too. <laughs> have you noticed that? Like I'd be having a conversation and when I walk away from the imaginary conversation, I, they, are, they are wiped out and done. I won, right? That's when I'm like, ooh, ooh, I gotta do some soul work, right? <laughs> who, who is it that year after year after year? And what if the very barricade, the very barrier that's preventing you from going after what God wants for you in 2021 is your inability to forgive them? What if, what if, what if instead of focusing on so many things you need to change, or want to do in 2021, and like I said, that can be utterly exhausting. What if you focused on one thing and you did it really well? Paul would say, come on, read it out loud with me again. Paul would say in verse 10, I want to know Christ. Again, church, I want to know Christ. And to know Christ and to forget what is behind and look ahead, I've got to forgive that person or those people and step into the future that God is destined for me to experience. There's a young man by the name of Michael Suit. Michael Suit is a, a young man who has decided to do exactly this. And uh, they're gonna get uh, baptized. He's gonna get baptized. And while we're up here in this nice, warm, cozy worship center, they're out there in the water. And they've probably been thinking, dang, I wish he'd hurry up, man. <laughs> Check this out. This is good. Hey, good morning, church. Uh, just to let you know, Pastor Benji, it's nice and warm in here. The steam's coming off. And I'm here with my brother, Michael. And here's a guy just similar to what Pastor's been talking about someone who just wants to let go of the past and start this new year afresh, walking after Jesus. Early in his life, his grandfather led him to Christ and he surrendered his life to him. Over the last uh, few years of his teenage years, maybe he started to go in a path that he didn't wanna go and some darkness, some depression, and just some tough times. And he has sensed the Holy Spirit drawing him back and today is about letting go of the past and pursuing his future in his purpose and plans that God has for his life. So Michael, in front of your faith community, I wanna ask you the two questions we talked about. Something happened personally in your life that you're going public today. And so have you personally asked Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life? Yes. Awesome. And it is your desire to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Well, my brother, it's my privilege to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah! Come on now. Woo! Hasn't it been awesome to see these baptisms on Sundays? And Michael, we're so stinking proud of you, man. You put Christ in the crosshairs of your life and you keep moving toward him and God has a great future for you. So what about you? What have you brought to this experience today that I know you've been thinking about these matters and these things and needing a new year. We all need a new year. What, what about you? 
And how are you going to spend the rest of your life? Now, now that's a big question, but that's what I'm here to do is ask the big questions. You're like, dude, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm gonna have for lunch today. I, I, <laughs> I know, but no, seriously. Don't worry about lunch, it'll be there. What are you gonna do with the rest of your life? And, and the truth is, the truth is, we have this tendency, do we not, to just get so focused on the here and now. Notice that Paul said, I wanna know Christ. I press on toward the prize, which is what, remember? Which is heavenward in Christ Jesus. What if, what if what we really needed to do is stop thinking so much about the here and now and think about the totality of our lives? And the truth is, time is flying. Here, I got, I got something that'll help, help us with this. I'm sorry if I just moved too fast for the cameras. I do that sometimes. I want you to imagine the sum total of your life, okay? The sum total of your life. And now what you just imagined and thought about was your life. You're 60, 70, 80, 90 years if you're lucky, right? And that's the sum total of your life. No, it's not. The problem is we have too small of a vision for our lives. Remember, I said this is the sum total of your life. This is your total existence. What is your existence on planet Earth is that little red tip right there. That is your life on planet Earth. And we spend all this time thinking about this little bit of time right here. In fact, what we do is we save, 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 stress, 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 worry, 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 in hopes that we're gonna have a good retirement. So really what we're thinking about is not just this life on planet Earth. Some of us spend way too much time just thinking about this little retirement right here. And please don't mishear me. There's nothing wrong with planning and investing and making sure your retirement years are good. That's good. But Paul says, I want to know Christ. I wanna think about heaven. I wanna think about how I can impact heaven. So if this is your total life, then you gotta think about how do I live this part on planet Earth such that it impacts the sum total of my life. And Paul says, Paul says, the way you do that is you forget what is behind and you strain like a runner. You stretch towards the prize, which is heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so what I wanna do in closing, and I'm gonna move quickly through this part, is I want to talk to four different groups of people. As I thought about coming in here today, I kind of thought about the fact that all of you will fall into one of four categories, if you will. Here's the first group. If you're a spiritual seeker, I wanna challenge you on the front end of this year to ask yourself this question, why not? Why not? And I know, don't get me wrong, I know we're all kind of spiritual seekers, but what I'm talking about is the person who is here or the people who are here, or you're at home somewhere, or you're watching this on your phone, or you're at a campus, and the truth is, you're a spiritual seeker, but you haven't encountered a relationship with Christ yet. When Paul says, I wanna know Christ, you might echo that, but you might have to admit that I've never really known Christ. Like if I died today, I don't know if I would be going to heaven. And so if you're a spiritual seeker, 
I wanna challenge you to ask yourself this question, why not? Why not today? Why not make this today that like a runner, you cross over the finish line, if you will, at least to, to begin the new life in Christ, you cross over into a relationship with Christ. You let your spiritual journey begin today such that you know that you know that you know that if you were to pass from this life into the next, you would be heaven bound. Why not today? Here's the second group. If you're a new believer, I wanna challenge you to ask yourself this question. What's next? What's next? Others of you, just this year, you've been studying the truthfulness of Christ. You've been saved. You got baptized. We're seeing all kinds of baptisms these days. You're new in the faith. Here's the question for you. What is next? What is next for you so that you can know Christ better? That you can forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. What is, what is next for you? Here's the third group, the third group. If you've been coasting in your faith, and come on, we all get there from time to time. If you've been coasting in your faith, I wanna challenge you to ask yourself this question, how much? How much? There are those in this room or those at, at the campuses or elsewhere, and you are aware of the fact that although you are a Christian, 2020 took its toll on you. And not only did it take its toll on you from an emotional perspective, but it's taken its toll on you from a spiritual perspective. And if you were honest with yourselves today, you would have to confess that your spiritual muscles have gotten a little flabby and weak. We all tend to think about physical fitness this time of year. What about spiritual fitness? How much? How much do I want to grow is what I'm getting at, right? How much do I wanna challenge myself to become more like Christ? How much am I going to choose to recalibrate my life towards knowing Jesus better? Maybe you don't fall in one of those three groups, so maybe you fall in this fourth group. If you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and that's a lot of you as well, you, you wake up every day and you wanna follow Christ. If you're a fully devoted follower, ask yourself this question, how deep? How deep? How deep? I mean, here's Paul. <laughs> He's a church planter. He's the writer of the New Testament, most of it anyway, right? He's the teacher. He's the dude. And Paul says, I want to go deeper. I want to grow in Christ. I want to know Jesus better. And so the last thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you four points of application that somewhat coincide and relate to the groups that you might find yourself in. Here, here's points of application that your pastor would give you as you look into 2021. And some of them are going to apply to those of us who are in the room. A lot of these are going to apply to those of you who are out of the room. So we're so Glad you're with us. In fact, can we just give some love to the people online? Come on, just give them some love. Thank you for joining us. I just wanna say I thank God for coffee. Glory to God. I got a sign in my house that says I can do all things through Christ and coffee. Glory to God. 
I do. <laughs> Here, here's four quick, four quick points of application. Number one, <clears throat> engage worship online or in person every Sunday. Let the church say amen. Hebrews 10 says, let us not give up the habit as some are in the habit of doing, but let us all the more meet together as the day of Christ approaches. If you were in church last Sunday, you know Pastor Reese delivered a great message and he gave some frightening statistics that we've been wrestling with for quite some time. But the truth is, I'm deeply worried about the spiritual landscape of planet Earth and America particularly. And I just wanna say to those who consider this your church home, I know 2020 has been hard. And some of you have disengaged or some of you have started to disengage. And I wanna encourage you with everything that I have in me to be in the house of the Lord every Sunday. Yes, I'm gonna start physically. I'll get to those of you who just aren't comfortable yet, but hear me out. I think it's time. I think it's time. I think it's time that those of you who are online to say, you know what? I'm done letting this kick my butt. I'm done staying away. I'm gonna go to the church. We socially distance. We wear our mask. And I'm done letting this stinking virus rule my life. I'm done. And most of you know I got it, you know, and, 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 and I know some people get it and it's really, really bad for them. I got it and I'm just telling you my story. It's just my story. It wasn't that bad for me. And I think, you wanna hear prophet? Here's a prophetic word. Here it is, get ready. I think January and February, it's gonna spread. It's a virus, church. It's going to spread. You're gonna know people who get it or you're gonna get it. And for most of us, thanks be to God, if, if you're older, you got pre-existing conditions or whatever, I know it's taking its toll. But for most of us, it's not that bad. For me, it was like a bad cold or a mild flu. My children had it too, my two boys. They, they, they were the same way. One of them just had a headache one day. And don't get me wrong, before you send your emails, I'm not just making light of it. Don't, 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 don't. I know it, it can be, but how long? How long? Are we gonna live in fear and have our lives completely uprooted? And how long are we going to let our virus keep us away from the house of the Lord? Psalm 122, <laughs> Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said, let us come on to the house of the Lord. Now, you're all clapping, you know why? Because you're in church. <laughs> it's easy, woohoo! because you're in. And by the way, well done. For those of you who are still online, two things. Again, hear my heart. If you're not ready, you're not quite comfortable yet, engage online. Every Sunday, have a meeting with God and your church family that's on the schedule. And at 8.45 or 10.30, you log on, you engage, and you be a part of your church family. That's okay. But my, 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 you wanna hear from us? We want you, come on, let them know. We want you to come on back. Come on back, we'd love to have you. When you're ready, when you're ready. Number two, join a life group and or rooted. 
join a life group and or rooted. The best thing you can do, and you can do this online, by the way, we have online groups and we have in-person groups. But if you've not been through Rooted, let me just encourage you, get in Rooted. It is, it is the front door to discipleship at this church. It's where you learn about Christ. Paul says, I wanna know Christ. You can't know Christ without being in his word. You get in a life group or Rooted. The way you do that is you just text, get Rooted to 59769. 59769, follow the prompts, get Rooted, no spaces. And get in a life group online or in person, but we need one another in 2020. You know what that tells us about 2020? And where we are right now, the beginning of 2021, depression is at an all-time high. Mental health is at an all-time high. Suicide is at an all-time high. And I believe there are many reasons for that, but one of the reasons is we've just become so disconnected. We need one another. So get connected, be involved in a life group. Here's number three, told you I'm moving fast. Number three, serve Jesus through ministry in his church. Serve Jesus through ministry in his church. Nothing makes us grow quite like putting others first. You know this, the happiest, most joy-filled people you've ever known are servants. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, I have come that I've come not to be served, but to what? Serve. And here we are at the beginning of a new year, just having made it through, historically speaking, what will be one of the hardest years of our lives, I'm convinced of it. And we have a golden opportunity to be on the front lines of getting God's church back to where God wants to take us in the future. Follow me here for a moment. Like I told you earlier, uh, January 31st is our vision day. We're gonna celebrate 19 years of New Hope Church. Now, most of you, in fact, almost all of you, you were not here 19 years ago. Check this out. We started this church with 30 people is what I usually say, but I think it was about 29. And when I counted it all up, it's 29, but I threw some preacher number in there and added one. Around 30 people, we started this thing. And look what God's done in 19 years. Can we just celebrate what he's done in 19 years? Praise God. Never did I think (laughs) that I would be standing here before you today looking at the church universal and the church all over America, realizing that at best, churches are having around 30 to 35% of their crowd in the house. That's, that's the national average. We're high, most are, most are much lower. But here's my point, and don't miss this, because I've had some of you over the years, and some of you online really need to hear this, I've had some of you over the years say, man, I wish I was here in the beginning. I wish I could have been a part of that original core visionary team to launch this church. Little did we know, 2020 would hit us. And now what every single person within the sound of my voice has the opportunity to do, listen, don't miss this. You have the opportunity with me to get on the front lines of serving Jesus and his church, to be a part of a movement, the front lines of getting God's church back and recovered from 2020. You have that chance. Yeah, you can clap and celebrate it. That is what is before us. 
So in other words, I'm calling you like I did the original core group. Come be a church planter. Now, we're in far better shape today than we were 19 years ago. But we still have a golden opportunity. And the way you do that, come on, is you come out of the grandstands and you get on the playing field of reach, teach, and release. You come out of your home, take off your PJs, <laughs> put your coffee down, slap a mask on, and you come back to the house of the Lord, and we together lock arms shoulder to shoulder, and we get an opportunity. And one day we'll be in heaven, high-fiving one another, and say, you remember when? We got to do that. You do that through serving Jesus and his church. And here's how you do it if you're not involved. And you're like, okay, I'm in, I wanna get in. Here's how you do it. You just text SERVE, S-E-R-V-E, -E, to 59769. Just text it. We'll find a place where you can serve. Parking lot, doors, children's ministry. I love seeing the, the folks over here with their Hopetown t-shirts on, right? Children's ministry, student ministry, which is kicking right now upstairs, up on the stage, playing an instrument or singing, if you can sing. Some of us love wearing masks in church. You know why? Because we can sing loud and nobody will hear us. It's a beautiful thing. So just bring it on when we start singing in a moment. Up here, during the week, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities Here's a golden opportunity for us. Here's the last thing. Make your daily prayer and passion to know Jesus better. Make your daily prayer slash passion to echo the words of Paul, to follow in the footsteps of Paul. Heck, follow in my footsteps. This is where I am right now. I wanna know Christ. I wanna know Christ. I wanna, I wanna strip everything else away. I wanna simplify and I wanna know Christ. And if I do that, everything else that my heart desires is gonna follow suit. And I wanna invite you to come do the same with me. Because we are standing at such a critical point in the history of America and the history of the church. And what if, you ever thought about this recently? God could have had you born at any point in time. He is sovereign. He chose to form you in your mother's womb such that you would be whatever age you are at whatever stage of life you are out of 2020. And therefore, if you are in him, he's got a plan for your life. And his plan is for you to know him better. And his plan is for you to advance his purposes in the world, to strain, to press like a runner towards the prize, which is heavenward in Christ Jesus. Come join me. Let's go get this. And we will be able to celebrate not just, not just at this little point where we live on planet Earth. We will be able to celebrate in heaven forever 
because we fixed our eyes on Jesus and he used us to bring about his purposes in the world. Glory to God now and forever. Pray with me, pray with me. Father, I sense that I'm in the presence of some folks who deeply desire this. And for that, I am eternally grateful. God, I wanna just pray for the person who is here and the truth is they haven't left that moment in the message where I talked about them getting hurt. And the wounds are still raw. And the resentment is high. Oh, Father, would you hold them in the palm of your hand? Would you be the balm of Gilead that soothes their soul? And Father, would you pick them up? Would they allow you to pick them up? And would you place them on a trajectory of healing and wholeness? Father, would you allow them to, to work through it, to do the hard work that they need to do to live free and not have unforgiveness and resentment erode at their soul like a cancer? And Father, as you do that, would you take us all and would you let us see the amazing opportunity that is before us? And would we carpe diem, would we seize the day, God? Would we not squander the fact that you have put us here for such a time as this? And would you infuse within your church, God, fresh wind and fresh fire and anointing and God, would the glory of the latter house be even greater than the glory of the former house? And Father, would you help us catch a God-sized vision of what that looks like for us together and for us individually? Father, I wanna pray for that first group, the spiritual seekers among us. God, there are people watching this online or at campuses and when Paul talks about, I want to know Christ, they have to confess they don't know Christ yet. They've never really fixed their eyes on the prize, God, and, and, and moved heavenward in Christ Jesus. And if that's you, I want you, if you desire to have a relationship with God today, that relationship is formed and framed only within the confines of a personal relationship with God's son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for you. And if you desire to be born again, I wanna invite you in this moment right now to just say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm a sinner and I need you to be my savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. And God, help me move ahead heavenward in Jesus. Father, I thank you for those folks here today. Wherever they are, God, thank you for that prayer. Thank you for salvation that is occurring right now. And thank you for those brothers and sisters who now join the rest of us and they make all of this prayer in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said together, amen. amen.